Hello there, welcome to Talent and Growth, the podcast dedicated to people. And if you, like me, are in the UK, you're celebrating the last few days of our week-long summer, what better way to do that than by checking in with Talent and Growth. And today, we are talking to Linnea Bywall, who is the head of people at a business called Alba Labs. And this is a really interesting conversation about what we need to be doing in the interview process to evolve it and to make it more inclusive. And of course, we're going to be talking about dropping the traditional methods like the CV. And actually, they've got a solution at our labs, which are earlier stage assessments, which which opens up a really a really intriguing range of questions, actually, in terms of where we could go with this and what would work and what wouldn't work and the role AI is going to play in it. So Linnea is just a really cool person, really smart, comes from a psychology background and, and has moved into uh, working in a, in a really, really forward-thinking SaaS business, uh, which is, of course, linked to people. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the chat. I think there's lots of, lots of thought-provoking conversation in this. So hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Here she is. Just before we go into today's episode, I've got a few questions for you. Are you committed to increasing diversity in your team? Do you want to be part of something completely different? And are you ready to take action, not just words? Because the Reframe Women in Tech Conference is the one event to be part of this year. It's a not-for-profit conference with a mission to make conferences and personal development for all and to reframe the narrative around women in tech. It's not about footfall or commercial gain, but personal growth and development for all. And it's not like any event you've ever been to before. This is their initial event in London, but they've been very successful in Manchester. I'm a big fan of tech returners, confidence community, and Reframe, good people doing good things. Do you want to get involved? Visit reframe-wit.com for more on sponsorship and tickets. It's Friday, 29th of September in London. All the details on that link I've just given you. And of course, I'll be there. So why wouldn't you come? Anyway, here is Linnea's podcast. Linnea, welcome to Talent and Growth. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, can we start off, please, by uh, hearing a bit about who you are and your journey from uh, transitioning from being a licensed psychologist to a leader in a, in a SaaS biz- in SaaS-based business? Please let us know. Sure. So, as you said, I'm a licensed psychologist, but have for the past four and a half years worked as the head of people at Alba Labs. Um, and the transition from, from psychology to, to tech, um, it wasn't as weird as it sounds, but I, I knew from the start that I didn't want to be like a clinical psychologist. I enjoy talking more than listening, which is a really bad quality for a psychologist. Uh, so I kind of wanted to go into more organizational psychology, uh, mainly because uh, that allows you to work more conceptual, you know, broader brush strokes, if you want, help more people make a bigger impact on like a more general level. Um, So I did that from the start. So I worked with, you know, recruitment, leadership development, and then uh, the actual SaaS aspect of it, that was more of a a coincidence. I worked within like the field of uh, psychometric assessments from the start and Then when I was kind of ready to leave that world and wanted to transition into more like of an HR people uh, role, I met the the founders of Alva and they pitched what they were doing. And it was kind of like a perfect match, which, you know, coming from the field that I was from, but also mixing that with tech and 
then allowing me to actually take on a role that I really wanted to try out. So a lot of coincidences, but some sort of a plan already from the beginning, I guess. Fantastic. And do you, do you mind kind of, I suppose, just delving into a little bit about the problem that Alva Labs is looking to, to solve, both in terms of, I suppose, what the founders set out to do and, and, and to where we are today? Sure. So, I mean, what we really want to do is make hiring better for everyone, uh, both for the organizations that need to find good people, but also for the candidate that need to find you know, their dream job. So what we offer is a, um, a tool to assess candidates in a fair and efficient way. So we offer psychometric assessments, so personality and logic ability assessments, but also uh, functionality for conducting structured interviews and coding tests. Uh, and to answer your question around like the, I guess, the founding story. So Alva was founded in 2017 by our three founders. Then they came from like the venture capitalist world uh, where they had you know, invested in companies, built some, some on their own uh, and had seen that the difference between a successful organization and a company that doesn't really make it is really the people. If you have the right people on board manage to hire a really, really strong team, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the best idea or the perfect strategy because that will, like the people will weigh up for any problems you might face. Um, so with that kind of knowledge in the back of their minds, wanting to start something, they teamed up with a couple of psychologists, realized that there is an entire like field of research of what methods you should use in what way and kind of like took that idea and turned it into a modern like user-friendly solution, which didn't really exist on the market at that time. And if we just reverse engineer that slightly, what, what, what to them and maybe to what you feel now, what, 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 what are the flaws they spotted in the hiring process? The standard so, hiring process, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. I think the traditional hiring process relies a lot on um, experience, background, CVs, networking. you got to know someone who knows someone. And what happens in that situation is that where we have organizations that struggle to find talent, they struggle to find the right people. They end up hiring people that doesn't necessarily fit what they wanted to, to, um, to have. And we have a vastly like underserved candidate pool that never gets the opportunity. So there is, there was, and still is this, this um, like inefficiency in the talent space where organizations are really, really struggling to find the right people because they use methods that aren't necessarily helping them to identify true talent. And the candidates, I mean, we've all been there trying to find a job. It sucks. Uh, it's time consuming. It's really hard to show who you are. Um, it's really, really difficult to really be assessed in a fair, objective way and find that you know position that really suits you. So um, I think they're there are a lot of problems, both when it comes to efficiency, accuracy, but also fairness that are still available today. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, I mean, there's, we've talked a fair bit on uh, talent and growth about, you know, we're so forward thinking in so many ways as an industry and, and, and talent and all the, the markets we work in, but we're still relying on this cover letter, CV, yeah. and, it, and it is an archaic system. Why do you think that that's still probably the, the number one way people assess people, even when we're doing all these other amazing things in other parts of the world. Yeah, 
I think it's because it's easy and it's expected. Uh, it's like it gives you something. And even if the information that you get from a cover letter or a CV doesn't necessarily tell you anything about, you know, the potential of this individual, how they will actually tackle a work assignment, how they will collaborate with, with the current team, it still gives you an easy, quick way to screen in or out people. Like if you have this, like check those boxes, great, you're in. If you don't, you're out. So it's really, really easy. Plus it's a kind of, it's an accepted way to do things that both the um, organization and the candidate, they know that ritual. Uh, so few candidates will like, question that method because it's so, um, like it's so normal. Everyone does it. So why would it be wrong? So I, I think we we trick ourselves into thinking that it's helpful because it's so easy and it's at least I won't make weird choices because on, you know, the resume said that they were experienced. And that's something that we can all kind of like sense that it's helpful, even though in reality it's not. But again, it's easy and it's accepted. Yeah, makes sense. And do you, do you mind just kind of, I suppose, going into a bit of detail around how your platform platforms specifically is using like AI and machine, learn, machine learning to aid in the hiring process? Yeah, 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 sure. So we have from the start been using machine learning when it comes to the like assessment and recommendation part uh, of, of the platform. So uh, in the personality assessment, the logic ability assessment, we use algorithms that uh, accurately can assess an individual and match that into or against a specific job profile for the position that you're hiring for. So what we have wanted to do is kind of remove that human subjective element and instead rely on uh, data, uh, well-known research, um, and really like a documented way to better assess a candidate. So that's um, our like machine learning bit. Uh, we also use it as a way to reduce uh, the time that it takes to actually conduct the actual assessment to make sure that we only ask relevant questions so we don't you know, waste time for the candidate. Um, and then when it comes to AI, I mean, we're building a lot of super interesting stuff now. One thing that's currently, uh, or the newest uh, release, is that we take the job ad and by Using AI to analyze that, we can actually uh, match candidates that we already have in our platform and suggest candidates for the, uh, the organization that's hiring. Uh, so it's super, super cool to, based on the data and information that we already have and what they're looking for, actually be able to be that middleman and create that marketplace where we now have customers uh, hiring candidates that would otherwise never have applied uh, to their, their to their jobs. So. Uh, we're we're building a lot of interesting stuff around the AI right now. And how how much? I mean, how far forward? Because I think AI, and obviously we we say AI, we immediately think things like ChatGPT, and that's been um, accessible to the world since whatever not October November last year, yeah. and that's what's kind of caused so much of the the changes in what's going on in the market right now. How much has that launch specifically ChatGPT and all the things that have come since then? How much has that kind of sped up? The, the evolution of your business? That's a really good, good but a difficult question to ask. I think one aspect is obviously like we can develop things faster, we can work more efficiently as an organization uh, and all of that like productivity aspect of it. 
Uh, and then how it will actually change the product, I guess that's <laughs> the future will tell. I mean, we don't know what recruitment will look like. I think it will help us make more informed decisions based on like better recommendations, speed up the process where we can spend like time with the candidate rather than doing admin stuff. So I I don't know. I know. I'll get back to you when I have a clear answer. <laughs> cool. No worries. Um, okay, perfect. And then I know that you're an advocate for using relevant tools as early as possible in the recruitment process. Do you mind just, because I think you've given us a really good overview of, of, of the platform and what, what you're doing. Can you just share some specific benefits this approach has brought to some of your clients? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think I would like to start just with like just, double clicking a bit on the problem with using like CVs and cover letter as a first step, which is still common practice. Um, the information that we get in say a CV, uh, it can be, you know, years of uh, education, experience, what industry you've worked in, what type of roles and so far, so forth. If we look at actual like very well-founded research, it really is clear that those aspects of an individual doesn't overlap very much with how they will actually perform. Mm. I think we can all agree that like two identical CVs will not create the same output because we don't know who the individual is. Um, so not only does it like, it doesn't necessarily help us to get the right information, but it also um, hinders us from hiring a diverse workforce. Because some, some really sad numbers is that uh, women as a group, they need to send in 30% more CVs than men to get a job. Not because they're in any way better or worse, but because we tend to uh, favor men when we do the CV screening. Obviously unconsciously, uh, well, at least in the majority of the situations, but still. Uh, same thing with like people of color, they have to send in 50% more CVs. Um, in the, uh, like in Europe, if you have an Arabic sounding name, you're 60% less likely to get a call back to an interview. And that's regardless of your experience. So we, we tend to um, like make very, very subjective hiring decisions based on not relevant information, but rather our biases as human beings. And it's not that all recruiters and hiring managers are, are evil people. It's just, unfortunately, the human brain will tend to favor uh, things that we are used to, things that are more well-known to us and that are kind of like the norm. And as sad as it might sound, the, the norm in business is still very white and very male. Uh, so it's, it is a huge problem where you won't, get the right information, you will miss out on so much potentially fantastic candidates. Um, and instead, you will go after the exact same candidates that everyone else goes after. And th those are typically, not always, but typically uh, men that have studied at a certain school, uh, that have worked in specific positions. And then, then there's a talent shortage. Because everyone are trying to hire those same individuals. Mm -hmm. So now moving forward to actually answer your question, like what we believe Alva can do is like level the playing field. So instead of relying on inaccurate information that um, 
favors some group of people that are actually like illegal grounds to hire on. Uh, we can help organizations to early on in the process measure what we refer to as potential, like the core of who someone really is, their natural tendencies, how they tend to behave, how fast they tend to learn, how they tackle a work assignment, and use that as a first step. Uh, and then you can proceed to uh, you know, digging a little bit deeper in, say, structured interviews or coding tests or even uh, looking through a CV if you want to do that later on. But starting from that uh, like baseline of picking individuals that are really, really suitable for the job uh, can be like a massive shift. So what we see a lot of our customers, like the results that they have, have reached is not only have they like saved time because they don't have to manually screen CVs, interview candidates that won't be a fit, but rather like save a lot of time by doing things like automated, finding the right people early on. Uh, but also we see like increased diversity. We have examples of less age bias, less gender bias, less ethnicity bias. Uh, we see better hiring accuracy. Um, there's a really cool example of like consultancy firm that after starting to use Alva, they have now uh, found people that leads to more billable hours. Uh, not just that they've hired more people, but the people, the same number of people are actually um, like building more because they are um, better suited for the job. Um, so we, we see like a lot of really cool outputs uh, just by kind of flipping around what methods you use in what order uh, that can lead to these like fantastic outcomes. That's, yeah, this is, there's a lot there. Um, re- first of all, the, the, the statistics you threw out there around the percentage of certain pools of people have to more CVs need to send. It's really upsetting to hear that. Um, mm. I'm really, I, I, it's not a surprise, but just hearing it is is really, really, really quite sad. Um, but I think the, I think um, the examples of what you said absolutely make sense. It does sound like a real, really good way to fix that problem. I suppose I was thinking: is there a is a, is there a challenge um, with your product sometimes? In a sense, as a particularly as an agency recruiter, one thing I used to find was that it was very difficult to get candidates to take any kind of test or anything like that until they were a few steps down the process because they wanted to be they wanted to be bought into the company. And, and at the moment, we're in a bit of a more of a volatile market, but typically when we're in more of a candidate-driven market, is it tough to get, even though it's for the greater good and it makes sense in terms of DEI, is it tough to get people engaged to take these tests and assessments that early on? Because really, it sounds like for us to really eliminate bias, these things need to happen before anyone's spoken to them. Yep, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, it can be. Um, it really, one thing that is super important is that the organization using, like regardless of what tool you're using, you need to really understand, like explain the, the purpose. Mm-hmm. So I think we can, by explaining why we're doing this in this way, really, really uh, in a clear way to the candidate, that can like increase the, the conversion rates. Um, that's one aspect. But then especially like mentioning the agency aspect, I think it's also important to differentiate between assessment and selling. Mm. Uh, I have no problem meeting a candidate, you know, two, three, four, five times just for like pitching the role and like converting them into my funnel. But once they're in my 
kind of like assessment funnel, they will still do the uh, the test first. So to your point, I haven't started evaluating the candidates. I'm just selling the role. And those two, in my mind at least, needs to be very different aspects of a process. Uh, so it's about like explaining the purpose and, um, you know, understanding if I'm, say, sourcing a candidate, I might need to spend some time before they can convert in and actually like apply for the service. But I mean, this is how we have done all our hires, like senior positions. Like now I'm talking about like to Alva uh, ourselves, like very, very senior positions, super senior, like technical engineering positions. We still do the, um, the assessment first and a lot of our customers are doing the same. And I think it's, some candidates will react Others will love it. Uh, same thing with if you use a CV, how many candidates aren't pissed off uh, that they didn't get a chance to show who they really were? Mm-hmm. I, I, at the end of the day, I think it's hard to please everyone. And you need to under, like, explain your rationale, like why are we doing this? But again, going back to why do we still use CVs even though we know that it's not helpful mm-hmm. because it's accepted. Uh, but I mean, what we're seeing is that more and more candidates are questioning, why didn't I get a call back? I would be fantastic at this job, but my resume says something else and they didn't even you know, look past that. So it is a problem we will always face regardless of what type of methods we do use. But there are ways to increase conversion regardless of what you use. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think um, I think it needs. To, it's like a, yeah, you're right. I think it, it's um, it's it sounds like it would something that would work the best when it's stacked upon um, really good marketing for a business as and getting in front of us. If a company's you know looking for a certain type of person, like a web developer, or whatever, making sure that the the primary means of sourcing is to market that to as yeah. many people as possible, and exactly. not specific headhunts. In which case, you might be going down a bias route um, inadvertently somehow. So, but yeah, absolutely. No, that all makes sense. And how, I suppose speaking of that a little bit, how do we get that balance right between using AI and data to eliminate beta, but we still want that human touch, don't we? Uh, yeah. How do we get that balance right? Because it's tricky. Yeah, million dollar question. Uh, as I see it, we should use, you know, AI for our own efficiency. I mean, there is a lot of text-based communication in hiring with your candidates that can be like speed up so much so for our own productivity i think it's a no-brainer and then i think it's about you know using it for making informed recommendations and objective recommendations but the actual decision making i still think that I mean, legally, that can't be done by an algorithm or, or AI as of now. So we need to make that uh, decision. And I think that's also um, fair. Uh, but we need to have, you know, the objective and recommendations to make our decisions on. So we don't just sit there with our gut feeling. But I think to really use AI to speed things up so we can spend more time with the candidate. Uh, because at the end of the day... You don't just um, start a position with a company without really like building that relationship, getting that tr- sense of trust from them. And that's what we need. Like a really, really good uh, TA manager will be that, you know, salesperson, that spokesperson that can really show this is why you should work here. And 
that takes time and that's time well invested. So that that's kind of how I think about it. It's the human touch is like the final decision and the the relationship, but a lot of the other like work and admin that needs to be handled and will, you know, be handled much much more efficiently and better if we use the right type of models. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Um, okay, and then just moving forward a little bit then. So how does Alva Labs approach talent retention after the hiring process? Give us an insight into that, because obviously a forward-thinking company, so we've talked about the attraction piece. Let's talk retention. Yeah. Um, well, long story short, maybe, but we focus mainly on the you know attraction and um, selection phase. We have some functionality in our platform that revolves around... Uh, team assessment. So, what? How can we build a perfect team setup? How can we? You know, what are the strengths? What are the conflict areas? Um, what are the potential for this this team? What is? What do we need to come uh, to add to this team, or so forth? So, we have a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, I think what our core focus, and we we in the beginning we did a little bit of everything, and now we're trying to really narrow down what um, what we do and do that really well, is to make sure that getting the right people in and by doing so increasing retention and that's actually another uh, like output we've seen in one of our like larger customers is when you hire people that truly match the the position that you're you're looking for you will increase your retention so just by getting hiring right you will see improved retention because you get the candidates that really work well in that role and that suits you so we have a little bit of it in our platform but mainly it's about getting those candidates in and that will boost retention without actually having to focus on it yeah makes sense makes sense you do the first things right the rest should take care of itself hopefully fingers crossed yeah you know, a little bit uh, a little you got to do a few things but then you, yeah, you might need to right. <laughs> um okay cool all right well i suppose final kind of questions really is um what do you see? What do you see the role of AI and machine learning? Ha- what role do you ha- see that those things having in the role, future of recruitment? Um, the future moving so quickly. I mean, we could, mm. we could even look at the next twelve months or so. And then I suppose, what, and then a little bit about what your vision is for the future of Alva Labs. That'd be great to understand. Yeah. No one knows. The only thing we know is that AI will probably change everything. Um, but if we kind of what's already happening and try to, to use that information in, in gazing into the future. I think we will see a dramatic shift in doing job descriptions. I mean, as of today, it's still very much asking the hiring manager, what do you want and what do you think is important? And again, then we're building in subjectivity and bias already when we do the job description. Mm. Uh, often that leads to you know, long list of demands that aren't necessarily relevant. Uh, I think this is a massive uh, like area where we can improve just by understanding what's actually crucial for this role um, and really narrow that down to the absolute essentials and focusing on those aspects only so we can let the rest just you know, open up for diversity of thought in a much, much wider sense. So I think, you know, job descriptions will dramatically change at least I hope so um I think you know as we've already talked about saving a lot of time but still being even more personalized 
uh, how often haven't we wanting to, you know, put the effort to write that personalized feedback, but there's no way when we have 200 candidates, all of a sudden we will be able to get back to candidates faster with personalized feedback from every step. Because if we take interview notes, you know, ChatGPT can help us write some personalized feedback based on those um, those notes. So I think there's a lot on like the, the candidate experience and speeding things up that, will, um, that we will see. Um, but I mean, I know we already discussed that. I think it's like helping us make informed recommendations um, that are way more accurate. So, I mean, fingers crossed, I think it can be an important aspect of really solving this, um, you know, flawed talent marketplace that we still see today. Uh, and then you ask about like our our vision uh, and what we what we do want to do and like shortly what we want to create you know the simplest and smoothest hiring process uh, both for the candidate and for the recruiter where kind of like every candidate that they can rely on Alva to discover their next dream job but also where every recruiter can rely on Alva to discover the perfect candidate. So really leveling the playing field between the candidate and the recruiter uh, and just offering the best hiring methods in a very user-friendly package is uh, what I you know, wake up and skip to work for uh, every day. Fantastic. Well, look, if anyone wants to reach out, find out more about yourself, anything you've talked about today, or find out more about Alva Labs, where should they go? Uh, ideally, they go to LinkedIn uh, or they send me an email. Um, my email is linnea at alvalabs.io. Um, I get a lot of emails, but I try to to uh, check them every now and then. But LinkedIn is probably a good good place to find me. Well, I'm glad you came back to my email. So thank you so much to, for being on the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for being a part of Talent & Grow. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening today. And just a quick one for me. If you haven't already, come on, do us a favor. Hit like, follow, subscribe, leave us a review. Ideally a good one. If you've got a bad one, I'd rather you didn't do any kind of review. But those good ones, take as many of them as you can. I'd really appreciate it. It helps us grow the community, the audience, and it makes me smile. I'll see you next time.